Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. We're back again with another preview for spring ball, this time wide receivers. And we ran this one on Thursday. If you guys are on the site reading it, thanks for reading. And when I tweeted it out, I said, this is probably the most exciting position group on the team. And I mean that because when you have a freshman All-American returning in Kayshawn Boutte, and then all this young talent coming up, nipping at the heels of veterans, trying to take snaps. And it won't necessarily all happen in spring ball. Fall camp is going to be fun when the 2021 signees all get on campus. But this is a position group that really has a chance to probably be the difference in how this offense looks in 2021. And we saw it when, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall all took those big steps forward in the 2019 offense, and obviously Joe Burrow has a lot to do with that, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the veteran offensive line, but they all really stepped up. And so with this position group entering 2021 in spring ball, I've got my eye on them to really uh, be as competitive as, as you can get and then try and build off of that and go into fall camp, and we'll see what the pecking order looks like. So, Shay Dixon, I want to bring you in here, and let's start with probably the biggest storyline of 2020 uh, in terms of the wide receiver group. Kayshawn Butte, the freshman All-American, came on strong with a record-setting performance against Ole Miss. He's got all the makings of being a first-round pick. He was a five-star for a reason. He's number one player in Louisiana. He looks like he's poised to take that next step like Chase and Jefferson and Marshall all did. Yeah, man, what a crazy. I remember being at the game, and when, gosh, I guess he got into the 200-yard range, and I looked up and I said, man, that happened quick. That's incredible. This is the Ole Miss game. Uh, when he set the SEC record, ultimately, um, spoiler alert. So then when he gets to 300, and I see them tweeting, now Kay's now set the record for the most receiving yards by any player in SEC, you know, in an SEC game in history. It blew my mind. It, it was like raining that day. It was kind of just bad. You know, it was kind of a just a little shootout game. End of the year, you weren't thinking much about anything, let alone that you're about to witness some history. And Max Johnson played, you know, amazing. And uh, they end up winning uh, and beating Lane Kiffin and saving uh, them from a losing season and finishing 500. And uh, boy, it was it was fun to watch because we tabbed him as a five star coming out of high school. We thought he was one of the top few receivers in the country. And when Jamar Chase opted out, I think it was that week that Ed Orgeron said, look, in practice, Keishon Butte just stepped right in and had his best week yet. Uh, then we didn't look. They played through the season. They had Marshall. They had Gilbert. Uh, they were certainly trying to get some veterans like Kirkland and Dre Jenkins involved. Uh, we started to see these young guys, but it wasn't until what Terrace Marshall's uh, exit and, and then Eric Gilbert's even more so where uh, you got down to it and said, okay, look, we've got these guys left. We've got Cole Taylor who, uh, you know, we're not going to throw to, but two or three or four times a game at the tight end spot. We need to lean on someone. And boy, did Kayshawn Boutte not put them on his back. I think he had three straight hundred plus yard games including Alabama had a touchdown each time, had, a few touchdowns in that last game holds an SEC record. There is no doubt to me, and this is a talented receiver room. They just signed uh, Billy, arguably, we've talked about this on the pod a million times, 
uh, the best, if not one of the top two best receiver halls in the country uh, for the 2021 recruiting class. Deep room, but boy, Keishon Butte for me, clear cut number one, and I don't know how anyone can debate it. Yeah, I mean, Keishon Butte is, I mean, talk about receivers coming back in college football. He's going to be just awesome to watch. I mean, it, it's exciting when you cover a You said like Bolitnikov that. finalist potential in, in the piece. I, I, did. I, I read it. I read your, t- I read I your did. take. I did. I, I really think he's got that in him. And, and at least by the time he leaves LSU, we'll see if it happens in 2021. But, I mean, gosh, with Miles Brennan playing the way he was to start last year, if he is a starter, or even if Max Johnson, gosh, it looks like they have a little yeah, bit. Yeah, him of and Max have a great rapport, huh? <laughs> Yeah, just throw him in there and, and just let him go. So you, run, you can run him in and out on packages. You say, all right, we'll throw Max in there this play and uh, just look for Kayshawn, see what happens, and uh, it'll probably be a big play. So, yeah, I think he's got that type of potential as a sophomore uh, to do it. And, and, I mean, he's physically he's ready. It's not like he's, you know, still you know growing into a college body. He's a, he's a young man and uh, making big plays and doing all those things. So I'm really high on Kayshawn Butte as the same, you know, way we were with him when when he was coming out of Westgate uh, high in Louisiana. And, um, you know, I think he's got that type of potential in him. And then you look around and, I mean, you've got guys like Dre Jenkins and John Trey Kirkland and uh, Trey Palmer and Coy Moore and all these guys that kind of played in spurts and showed flashes. Dre Jenkins, talk about big play guys. If he takes another step this spring, that is a big deal for Butte in terms of getting him more more open and more looks. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, too, yes, because when you look at kind of all their stats across the board, Jenkins was that next guy in terms of production. But the one thing that sticks out, he was over eight, what, right at 18 yards, around that uh, yards per catch. That was like a DJ Chark type stat line uh, in terms of how kind of maybe wasn't getting the ball a ton, but when he was, it was big plays. And uh, I think that if he, as you said, if he can make a step, I'm not saying DJ Chark, but if he can make a step to where He's giving you a vertical threat, which they have in some of these younger guys, but someone who's got experience, who knows what he's doing, who's put in the time, put in the work, grown his body. Uh, he's got all the things you want to be out there. I think that Jake Peets, I said this in the piece, I think he'll see a lot of what Mickey Joseph sees in Dre Jenkins, which is a guy who's been through a lot off the field, who's never wavered at LSU, stuck with it. Uh, and look, that stuff doesn't get you on the field. That stuff is when you're also mirroring that uh, in your football life of, grinding in workouts, putting in the work in the film room, uh, you know, getting reps after practice, you're naturally just becoming better and better. I think Dre Jenkins is ready to make that step. I'd love to see it from John Trey Kirkland too. I think his decision to return for me is just as big on special teams because whether he's the gunner or, or whatever you want him doing, uh, he's about as valuable as you get there beyond, you know, your actual kickers and specialists. So I love those guys. I, I'm rooting for the vets to kind of get a foothold here in the spring before, uh, as you said, this younger crop and then all these signees come in. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I'm with you. I think if I'm going after Butte, I'm immediately circling Dre Jenkins, which at the end of the piece, we did a sort of, again, our super way too early predictions on if they come out in four wide uh, that first time against UCLA, who's it going to be? I've got Jenkins squarely in that. I think he's he's ready to make that leap and certainly showed us a year ago that he does have some big playability in him. And you and, and you kind of built off that, you know, the early predictions of, of that starting four, so to speak. And I think it's tough to not see somebody like Deion Smith stepping up. And and in terms of surprises going into the spring, 
it wouldn't be a surprise for me. I think Deion Smith's going to probably have that trajectory like Chase Marshall, um, Jefferson, Boutte, where he's going to be a critical piece as a true freshman. We've seen it under Ed Ogeron. I mean, they've, they've rolled out freshman wide receivers left and right uh, and, and let them grow and let them develop and do all those things. I think it's Deion Smith that's going to do the same. I mean, he's somebody that could have opted out of his high school season when Provine, uh, you know, it didn't didn't play in the fall. He goes to Jackson Academy and tears it up. Uh, he was he was just, you know, a dominant player, and he was dominant all throughout his high school career. Uh, he seems level headed. He's here as an early enrollee, and I kind of noted this in the piece. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Kayshawn Butte all didn't enroll early. So it's one of those things where he gets that extra step those extra snaps in spring, work with the playbook, work with the quarterbacks, you know, that will be probably a uh, a deal where he's able to be a little bit farther ahead and be in that rotation come week one and, and potentially starting. I mean, I, I think we're, he's one of those prospects that I'm at least that high on. And uh, I, I know we were at 24-7 sports just overall. And I, th- I see Deion Smith, you know, taking big strides and uh, doing so in the spring and, and taking advantage of this competition and pushing other guys and, probably ended up being, you know, one of those first four guys that LSU rolls out uh, as a receiver. Yeah. You know, I had him in mine as well, um, but with a bit of a caveat because I don't know and no fault of his, uh, what position they'll really slot him into. And let's just say on the outside versus the slot. And I know they like these guys to cross train and, and know it all. Uh, but for him skill wise, he can, he's really good at both. And I think that we'll see where he finds this moment. If that means he's an instant starter, he just plays some, uh, but I'm with you. I think that he makes that leap immediately. I think spring ball is a big part of that. I think he gets 15 practices with Jake Peets and, uh, and obviously Mickey Joseph, and that's going to help a good bit, DJ Mangus. Um, but for me, I go back to the rankings. I think he did, he did finish as their highest ranked receiver. And I don't think that's end all be all, but when people who were on the rankings team and, and others who chimed in, uh, and have you know knowledge of watching the top you know 100 receivers out there that uh, that signed with you know the high level college teams. Not even comparing him to the guys LSU signed. A lot of people thought he was the second third best receiver in the country, and I think that's the range he might have finished in. But they've got talent galore coming in, and and really a lot of different type of talent from Hilton to to Brian Thomas to Neighbors to Besh. But most people felt that Deion Smith was a cut above, and, and I think all of them are pretty talented, but. If I'm just sharing with everyone I've asked, I, I trust what they say about their evaluations. I would say nine of 10 circled Dion Smith and said, look, this guy's the real deal. Uh, no doubt, number one prospect, not just play receiver, prospect in Mississippi uh, for LSU to get him. I think people are saying, look, I don't think LSU fans realize yet how big of a steal that was for him. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, you know, Mississippi State obviously would have loved to have had him. Shea Hodge's trainer played for Ed Ogeron and, Deion Smith never never wavered. I mean, you might have heard a little bit of buzz here and there, but he was committed early on to LSU and was just locked in and rolled early, and there wasn't much drama at all around him. So he's ready, I think, to to show why he was so highly touted. Uh, and and then when this the rest of this group gets here in the summer, it's going to be exciting. I mean, you mentioned all of them. I think Malik Neighbors is has that really competitive nature. He sat out uh, his senior year when he was de- denied uh, eligibility after a transfer. And then you've got Jack Besh, who, who loves to compete and, and is kind of a mismatch in, in terms of his body and his frame. Chris Hilton, super explosive. I mean, they just have a, a group of uh, – uh, and then Brian Thomas Jr. could you know end up being a guy they throw in there in the red zone, similar kind of uh, to, to a Terrace Marshall in terms of size and length and all of that stuff. So 
I think this receiver room is, like I said, the most exciting group to watch until week one to see how it all pans out, what they do, who emerges, who takes advantage of the opportunities that they have because um, this is an offense that scheme-wise is going to be wide receiver friendly like it was. That's what Ed Ogeron wanted to get back to. And then you've got three quarterbacks that have played a lot and, uh, you know, especially Miles Brennan and, and Max Johnson really showed they can really move the ball, push it down the field, do those things. And then TJ Finley uh, showed the flashes as well um, before some in- inconsistency issues. So wide receivers, I, I'm excited to see this group play out. You know, I, I, I don't know what our access is going to be like in the spring, but I wish you could see, you know, the, the competitive one-on-ones with Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks and Jay Ward and Cordell Flott and all of those guys, because uh, uh, there's a lot of competition that's going to be out there in that receiver room. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wish we would get to see them because uh, I'm I am eager uh, to see how the spring group works out. I described it in the piece as old versus new. Uh, some of these guys aren't old, but uh, Coy Moore, Trey Palmer, Dre Jenkins, uh, John Trey Kirkland, uh, Alex Adams. What do those guys do uh, this spring to make their mark in this new offense? And uh, before these freshmen all arrive, who obviously we talked about being so talented and uh, and really give them five more receivers that. Uh, brings a lot of competition, nearly doubles the size of the room. But if they want to go back to this 2019 offense, that Orgeron talked about it, Billy, when he hired Jake Peets, and ever since, that's what we want to go back to. It was that everybody eats philosophy. And when you look at double-digit catches, you had, what, seven wide receivers who were probably in that range when you got past the Derek Dillons and Stephon Sullivans and uh, all those guys. Dre Jenkins wasn't even getting a ton of run that year. And they still had that many people catching the football. Obviously, Thaddeus Moss at the tight end spot set records for uh, single season catches at uh, at LSU. If that's the mentality, then these guys need to know everybody needs to be ready. It reminds me of the quarterback room. Don't look and say, okay, well, I'm not in this spot yet, or I might be running on third team. You can get up quick uh, in this day and age in college football. And certainly if this offense is going to move the ball around a lot, going to have that everybody eats mentality, then you're talking about using six or seven guys. That's going to give everybody, Billy, even these new freshmen, a chance to play. So spring ball for me, it's the time for the vet, all the returning guys. And I know we talked about Deion Smith being there, but it is so important for me for these returning guys to make their mark now, uh, because I think that only elevates LSU for the fall. Those guys will be ready to go. You bring the young guys on uh, at whatever pace they're ready for. And uh, you've got another deep, talented room, which is never once have we circled the wide receiver room as an issue at LSU. Uh, certainly aren't going to be doing that in the next few years. Yeah, that's par for the course. We'll uh, see who emerges at, as that next great wide receiver in the 2021 season. You know, they've got Kayshawn Butte. They've got a lot of talent. It's going to be fun to watch, uh, and I'm excited to see it. We will continue to bring you these podcasts previewing spring ball. So continue to check us out at go247.com and on the Go247 podcast. Hope everybody has a great start to the week, and we will catch you next time on the Go247 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 